Hi there, this is the Single Mom Cast, and I'm Mel Hyatt with Pam Keneally in the studio today. Hi, Pam. Hi, Mel. We're so excited about this podcast today. We have a special guest zooming in from Colorado, Jay Millar. Jay is the founder of My Virtual Dad. Jay, welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you to you, to Pam, and Arise Ministries. I love what you guys are doing to uh, to help out folks, thank you. single moms and others around the world. Mm, thank you, Jay. I tell you what, single moms, we are really excited about today's podcast. And Jay has so much wisdom, and I know he's going to impart some special truths to you. And so I just hope you're in a place that you can carry on and listen to the rest of this podcast, because I promise you, you will not leave the same. So he's going to impart a lot of wisdom. So I tell you what, Jay, today we're talking about men, which is a very interesting topic for our single moms in many ways. But, you know, why are you so passionate about this subject? That's a that's a great question, Pam. Yeah, uh, clearly uh, I am uh, a man, but I I grew up essentially as a with a single mom. So not not technically, I grew up in a home filled with domestic violence and alcoholism. My parents divorced when I was age ten, and this is back in the seventies. I mean, I my my mom was very strong. Uh, she was uh, you know wanted to protect us, wanted to protect herself. Um, any situation like that uh, just is heart-wrenching to me today. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very tender toward those domestic violence situations. But then my mom remarried very quickly <clears throat> to a much younger man. He was, he was about 12 years younger than my mom. And he was kind of the exact opposite of my dad in the sense that he just had a heart of gold. He was very tender. He was very caring. And I can ab- absolutely see why she made the decision uh, that she made. She was, she was seeking something uh, that was, you know, uh, somebody who would care for her and protect her. Uh, but at the same time, he was very young and mature. Um, and on a journey of his own, he didn't, he didn't have a lot of wisdom and he was trying to figure things out. So he, therefore he didn't speak into my life. So I had a stepdad, he was uh, loving and caring, but, uh, uh, really I was trying to figure things out on my own as a single, single adolescent and a single man. That's a great story, Jay. We've talked before and you had mentioned that there is this crisis among men that you believe. Uh, What does that mean and how do you think that that crisis affects our single moms? You know, and I've I've listened to probably 10% of your podcasts. I do love your content. And, and, and I've heard, uh, you and Pam mention that, you know, a lot of these lessons, you know, they're, they're not just for single moms they're for, they're for married couples and for grandparents and, and things like that. And this is just kind of a wake up call for all of us. Uh, but you know, here, here's, here's the statistics that, that, that really frightened me. I got a lot of these from a resource called, uh, a, a book called the boy crisis by, uh, Warren Farrell and, uh, John Gray. But emotionally, men are five times more likely to commit suicide than women. Physically, men at age 50 are twice as likely to die as a woman of the same age. I mean, this is the largest gap since World War II, and you can look into it. Suicide is part of it. Substance abuse problems are part of it. And here's one stunning fact. 14 of the top 15 uh, causes of leading causes of death Men far outpace women in those those areas. So men are struggling educationally. Men are nine times more likely to drop out of school. They're much more likely to get in trouble at school and, and have uh, behavioral issues. Uh, this one, again, is stunning to me. Only 40% of college students today are boys or men. You know, they're, they're, they're young men. 
if you contrast that to 1970, so about 50, you know, 50-ish years ago, uh, that number was reversed, 60-40, 60% men, 40% women. I think it should be 50-50 in all honesty. I mean, but what that shows is that there is there's something going on. Uh, economically, boys are six times more likely to live in, pro- in poverty. And with this lower college education rate, I'm not saying college is the panacea for everything. There's great vocations. There's great ways to earn a living. But that is that number is only going to get worse in terms of economically and men and, and boys living in poverty. And, you know, this is a global crisis. It is uh, it is something that's been studied and exists in, in uh, 63 of the largest developed nations around the world. Wow, that's really amazing statistics. It reminds me of concerning the dads and, and concerning, you know, just just their fallout in so many ways. We have 7 million dads, according to the United States Census, that don't live with their biological children. I mean, that's that's a pretty large amount. Sounds like the fallout, you know, absolutely affects the, affects the family. But you know what, Jay, I wanted to ask you, what are some things, our women are listening today, what are some things that women might not know? about men. Of course, sometimes we think we know, don't we, Mel? We think we know. <laughs> I, I, most of the time I know, Jay. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, but you know, I'm hear, still learning. Let's hear okay. from Jay. <laughs> yes, let's hear from the expert. You know, but what, you know, what women maybe they don't know about men, whether it's a potential partner or even better yet, for our moms listening, what do they not know about their son? Because this is, we, their ears just tuned up with that word, their son. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's three primary things. So one, and, and this is, you know, I don't want to do too many broad brush statements, but uh, boys, men uh, do not want to be perceived as weak. I think that's a big difference between, you know, males and females. Is um, uh, females can grow communities and uh, and reach out to each other and support each other in ways that is not naturally and probably instinctive to to boys. So they don't want to feel weak. I mean, this is a joke that predates smartphones, you know, about, uh, you know, men not wanting to ask for directions, you know, in a car, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> men sometimes are hesitant to say, hey, I need help. So um, it's okay. Try to try to draw that out of them that, uh, you know, uh, if, if they're struggling with something, say, it's okay. You're not alone. Uh, you know, many, many men and boys uh, struggle with these same things. So one, they don't want to be perceived as weak. Second, I do believe as, as they get older, they do want to be a good husband, father, and provider. They, they really do. Um, but they might not know how to go about that. They, you know, and this was my story when I, when I proposed to my wife, um, and I've been happily married for 25 plus years, have three boys, 24, 22, and 20. Um, when I proposed to her, I, I flinched and she thought it was because of her that she wasn't enough. And the reality was I knew she was the partner for me. I knew she'd be a, a great wife and mother and, you know, supporter of the community. But as I stood there literally proposing to her, I'm thinking, I don't know what a good relationship looks like. I don't know how to run a family. I don't know how to run finances. I don't know how to build a career. I hope I don't screw this up for the person that I care about deeply. And so I flinched. And again, she, you know, when you, when you hesitate for just a moment during the proposal, that's not a good thing. I, I tell a story in one of my classes about the world's worst proposal. And that came from me. Right. Um, so, you know, I think men, they do want to be a good husband, father, provider. They do want to be a good, strong boy when they're an adolescent, but they might not know how to do that. And how that manifested in myself was, I would get passive. 
because that's how I learned to deal with things as a child, you know, and growing up with alcoholism and domestic violence, you, you kind of put your head down, you know, you, you didn't want to rock the boat. You, you could be walking on eggshells, what kind of mood was going to be in the house. So that's how behaviorally I learned to address tough times was put your head down and let them blow over. And what I learned is that's really not what we need to be teaching our sons and, and men who, who are going to be leaders of their family and um, in the community as well. Jay, when you're mm-hmm. talking about um, those stats and those stories, it I remember I was reading this book. I was a youth pastor for a long time, and it helped me raising two little boys on my own, spending a lot of time with teenage boys, but it also scared me. But I remember reading this stat that said um, that young women's number one fear was being physically harmed and young men's number one fear was being embarrassed, what you what you said. And I was in this group and, and they were, there was kind of some people making fun of the dichotomy of that, that girls actually have something to be afraid of and boys didn't. But I remember thinking about all of the issues that my students were having because they weren't willing to talk to somebody or they were embarrassed about their addiction or their abuse or whatever. And I went home and I had, this is what I would do, Pam. I'm a big lecturer. (laughs) (laughs) My my boys are probably so thankful. They They, they just zone out. But I remember from that day forward, making sure that my boys understood that accountability or sharing or any of those things was actually very strong and very um, attractive and very manly. And I started this journey, especially with my oldest, who has struggled um, with the same thing for quite a while of instantly making him go and, and talk to somebody that he he cares about because I wanted to make sure that they knew that having accountability or being able to share those things uh, was so important and was manly, you know, and I was trying to teach them. I wasn't raising boys. I was raising young men, and it just— scared me. That's a great example. Even though it was kind of this joke Mm -hmm. of, oh, girls are afraid of violence and boys are afraid of being embarrassed. But that embarrassment can lead to so many hidden things that really can affect them later as you were reading those stats about suicide and health Mm -hmm. and all of those things. So Yeah, men men tend to go into a cave. We're not naturally inclined to build community around us. Right. Yeah. Well, we do not want to go into those caves, do we, Pam? <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> okay. So, Jay, I'm wondering, um, and I'm thinking back of, you know, my time and still I'm still raising these boys, but as a single mom especially, from your perspective, what are the obstacles that you believe get in the way of a single mom or just moms in general helping men become the best version of themselves? Yeah. And I think you just hit on one, Mel, is, you know, going and talking to your uh, talking to your kids and letting them know that, hey, it fascinates me when I talk to so many men. They're they're embarrassed that like if I'm not a good husband or father, I'm a failure and they think it should become natural. They think that there shouldn't be any any challenges along the way. So they're they're really hard on themselves when they do find a challenge. So one, just educating, starting with boys that, hey, this is a journey, right? And you're going to make some mistakes. I mean, it's it's all part of our Christian faith, right? Forgiveness. We're going to stumble. We're going to fall. We're going to have friends to help us, you know, pick uh, pick us up, right? And uh, continue on. But it's just letting them know it's okay. Everybody fails. And let them know that they are not alone. They are not the only one who 
are going through these these challenges. Uh, so that's number one. Um, you know, I think the, the thing that gets in the way of single moms is is time and, you know, <laughs> uh, not having enough help around, you know, and that's where I, I named my program My Virtual Dad because a, a seminal moment in my life was it was in my early 20s. I was in college, and this is before the days of YouTube. I'm really fortunate I saw this 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 clip on uh, TV because if I didn't see it, I'd, I'd be a different man today. And it was Lou Holtz, who was then head football coach at the University of Notre Dame. He said, there's only three things that will change your life from where you're at today to where you'll be five years from now. And that's the people you meet, the books you read, and the dreams you dream. And he borrowed that from another motivational speaker in the 60s. But that, I internalized that to mean, okay, my father's not speaking into my life, but I can create a, a set of virtual advisors, right? There's, there's, there's books out there that have, that have wisdom, the Bible in particular, that have stood the test of time. I mean, there's so much wisdom in the Bible, and then there's so many books that have been written about biblical principles um, to, to bring those to life and to, to make them applicable in, in different and, and, and fresh ways. So from there, you know, I just realized I could create a virtual set of advisors. And so a single mom shouldn't feel that they're alone. You know, you've got, you've got brothers, you've got grandparents, you've got uncles, you've got, you know, people in your church, you've got a vast number of resources. Use them all uh, to, to, to speak into the, to, to the boy's life, your son's life. Um, I think the second thing is boundaries. Um, I talked to many men who are older now and they grew up with single moms and their dad was de- uh, likely not there. Um, the the term that uh, they use in the book, uh, The Boy Crisis, is dad deprivation. And I, I kind of like that term of, you know, just not getting a steady dose of, 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 a, of a fatherly influence. Um, and they wish they had some boundaries, right? You know, I didn't have a curfew when I was growing up. I kind of wish I did. It just shows that you care, that you're valuable, that there's some concern for you. And I think boys and, and men need boundaries uh, and, and goals in order to succeed. So single moms, if anything you can do to help that. And the final thing I'll leave with is um, I, I think we've got this, I'll call it old world uh uh provision and protection dialogue going on with boys. Traditionally, a man's uh, and, a, and a boy's uh, role is to provide and to protect. We just need to reframe that into pro- protection. What does protection mean? I've yet to protect my family from an intruder in the house. If we go out to dinner and it's dark, yeah, your instincts rise up and you want to protect <laughs> your family walking around a neighborhood that you might not be familiar with or whatever. But I write a newsletter and the most popular one, half of my followers are, are women, by the way, which is interesting because I have a, my virtual dad, which is to help men. But there's so many single moms and moms that are interested in it. I said, who's protecting mama bear? And so I tried to reframe protection from physical protection to emotional protection. I said, your job when you get to be a, a husband is to protect your wife from herself. And I joke with my wife, I protect her from herself. She's, she's more than capable. She's strong. She's powerful. She can protect herself in the business place with the kids and the community. But she her self-talk, that's where I help protect her from herself. You know, um, she is good. She is worthy. She is capable. She is strong. 
And that's not what's going through her head. She's thinking about how she failed in a conversation with the kids or maybe at the PTA meeting or something like that, right? She's beating herself up mercilessly. There's so many unrealistic expectations in the world for women that men can really help protect in a different way. And traditionally, we think it's wars. We think it's, you know, doing police protection, things like that. But it's, it's really about protecting your family emotionally in different ways. I do like that. I do like that. You know what? I, I want to say several things. Moms, you're listening today, and, and Jay invited you to follow him. Jay just invited you to follow him because his largest following is women. And it reminds me of a verse in Proverbs. It says, listen to advice. And that's what you're doing today. And accept instruction. That's what he's given you. But it goes on to say, in the end, you will be wise. So, you know, you're getting instruction today and the end you will be wise. And I can't help but think, too, that that as you're listening today, I, I want you to know I'm very sensitive that you're a single mom, that there's not a man in the house to lead the way and do all these wonderful things that Jay does for his wife to protect her. But you need to remember that Jesus is your husband. You need to remember, Psalm says, when I called you, Lord, you answered me and you made me stout-hearted. You you follow Christ, and he will make you stout-hearted to move through the season. You know, Jay, I want to ask, as you mentioned the different places you could go to for help, you know, books and this and that, I want to tell you two, remind you to also, Moms, Arise Ministries has a plethora of resources for you to go to to help you as well. But, Jay, let me, I want to bounce back to the last question. Um, what action, actually, because I was thinking about what you said, what action can be taken to address the challenges and obstacles you just talked about. What actions should the moms do? Now let's talk about putting rubber to the feet and doing something about it. What can they do? Yeah, I, I think I just gave a, a good example of uh, what action you know you can you can train uh, a boy or a young man or you know again a, a, a brother or a friend a, a male in the community say hey this is what protection looks like this is how you can really help out. Um, you know, and, and one thing I love having three boys, I could see that their instincts are right on. Nothing was better than when I could see the three boys wanting to protect their mom in a, in a, in a, in some way, you know, um, I just saw it time and time again throughout my life. But, um, you know, my, my other advice would be, uh, you know, Mel, you said you're a lecturer, right? Are you the oldest? Are you the oldest, by the way, oldest sibling? Uh, um, that, it, that's complicated. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop. Uh, I would just, I mean, I have a half brother that's older than me, but I'm my mom's only and just it. So maybe <laughs> I don't know how to ever answer yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Family structures can be complicated. Right. Yes. It can, you know, but for, formatively, if you're, you're the, the oldest, uh, yeah, you, you tend to, you tend to be a leader and that's, that's a wonderful thing. Um, so I think helping create boundaries, um, for boys and, you know, Hey, here's some, here's some guidelines. Here's some things that we can do. Boys do want boundaries for sure. Um, the other thing is let them fail. I, I think, you know, societally today where there's a fear of failure, all, all three of my boys played played sports, played sports at a fairly high level. Uh, one of the things I enjoyed was, <laughs> this can sound counterintuitive, but I didn't enjoy them losing, but I enjoyed seeing how they responded to adversity and to loss, right? I didn't want to protect them from every bad thing that happened. And I listened to one of your podcasts with the uh, the youth pastors, and, and that was one of the pieces of advice that they gave as well. 
let your children or, you know, let your children fail, let them, let them go through things and go through the natural process of, of, uh, you know, performance and, and achievement as well as failure. So, um, and I think the final thing, I mean, is, and I've heard some of your other podcasts about uh, uh, giving some resources, like, hey, here's some good books that's, that are going to make a difference for for single moms. In my program, and I'm not here to, uh, well, I will, anybody who needs help, I want to help. Uh, and, and if my help is the right help, that's great. Um, I've curated a list of, of like 50 books that help uh, a, a person get off to a, a quick start in life, right? Hey, here's how you can help yourself financially. And here's how you can create a tribe of friends. And here's how you can deal with your past. Um, so I've curated a list because when I, I told you when I was proposing to my wife, I was like, I don't know how to be a good husband, father, provider. And what I'm finding in talking with other men is if you're going into Barnes and Noble or Amazon.com and you're saying, hey, I want to be better at this, there's millions of choices. It's almost overwhelming. Where do I start? How do I find the right book? So I've just curated a list of things of very practical. I've created kind of a step-by-step uh, I'm doing a pre-marriage class right now with a group of uh, of guys. There's there's ten guys getting ready to get married, and we're talking about the four things that can help their marriage succeed. And finances, you know, do we agree on our family and our you know children and how we're going to go about it and how we want to build our family? The third one is um, you know. <laughs> Uh, in-laws, how can you deal with each other's crazies in the family? How can you build boundaries that are safe and effective? Uh, and the final thing, and I think the most important thing, is faith. Do you agree on what your your faith is going to look like as a, as a married couple? So we're walking through those four things in a very practical way of how they can put it together in a use case. And I don't have any more fun than talking to young guys who are about to get married because they're, they're so eager to learn. They're so worried about failure. They don't want to be embarrassed, Mel, as you said, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's really raising their confidence and uh, it's a ton of fun. You know what? I, I love your advice there, Jay. And I, I have an adult son that's um, in his upper 30s and now has a family of his own. And I was a single mother. And that's a hope to you moms that that your moms, your sons can land on their feet and be healthy adults, and they can be good husbands, and they can be good fathers. But I want to add to your list, Jay. You just mentioned some things to do and not to do. I just want to throw out three things real quickly, moms. And don't baby your son. Don't don't solve his problems or depend on his behavior to make you happy. You have to find that in yourself and in Christ. Uh, just be careful not to baby them. You know, another one came to mind is um, don't rely on your son to meet your own needs. I know you have your own needs, and they're massive. I realize that, but your children cannot help you carry your burden, your emotional load. Um, You need to insulate yourself from that, from them, and let them just be as healthy as possible. And the last thing I thought about as we've talked to so many single moms is don't play the helpless female in hopes that it will somehow make your husband more, your son more husbandly. He doesn't need to be thrown into that role. So don't lean on him for adult decisions. Uh, don't, you know, or emotional support or male companionship. This causes codependency. Just model by example, and you take your problems to somebody else, but they don't need to hear about it. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there as well. Those are great things from both you, Pam, and Jay. And as we're talking today, I'm constantly thinking about my boys, but as I'm considering our audience, Pam, I wanted to ask you a question because... 
I'm thinking about sons. There might be a listener that's thinking about a potential husband, but I just wonder for you who have, you've raised an awesome young woman, your daughter is incredible. How did, did you have conversations with her about men when she was growing up? I'm just wondering what our listener who might be just raising a daughter, how all of this information could be impactful between her and her daughter. Did yes. You? Well, you know what? Um, I, I didn't have all this information when I was a single mom. In so many ways, I wish I could have do-overs, Mel and Jay. I do. I wish I could have do-overs because I didn't have podcasts and all this wonderful information, but I did have Christ. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, uh, did I talk to her about stuff? I hope I did. Uh, probably not as intentional as you are with your sons. I didn't know to do that. Uh, but what I did do, and I'm so thankful that the Lord enabled me, I just mod- modeled by example the best I could. I'm not sure my children would agree to that, but I made lots of mistakes. But I was all, all I had was Christ and being in tune with Him. And um, I know I made mistakes, but moms, you know, you if you follow Him and you seek Him, he will tell you what to do in the next situation. So did I have all those conversations? No, probably not. But if my daughter was sitting here, she would probably say, Mom, you taught us a lot more than you realized you did. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers your question. No, that's Maybe great. Maybe part that's... guilt or part reality. No, <laughs> part and you reality. should never. <laughs> you, I am, you only think I'm intentional because I'm talking on a podcast. So I'm not telling you all the unintentional things <laughs> oh, I have goodness. done with my boys. But that's such a great reminder of it's not just – the books we read and the friends we have around them, but also the things we're doing each mm-hmm. and every day. So yes. all of that. Good job. Thanks. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah. may I, uh, one of the most common conversations I have, like I, like I mentioned, uh, uh, 50% of my audience is, uh, is, is women. Uh, one of the most com- uh, common conversations I have is my daughter is dating or about on the road to engagement with somebody and he comes from a really broken past and doesn't have a relationship with either of his parents or just, you know, but really wants to find a way, is really hardworking. And I have a saying, I, I can help men uh, woe. I can't help men go, right? Mm. Um, and m- so many of the men that I deal with are trying to prove their worth through work and through other things. And, and we have the conversation very often that, hey, if you prioritize work over your family and your wife in particular, that's not going to end well. It might look good and industrious when you're early in your marriage, but later on, it can come crashing down. Uh, your work is not your God, right? Your, your family, your, your God is joining you and your, your wife together, and that's your priority. That's what, that's what you're doing the work for. So don't think you have to work in order to get love and respect and all those things. That's, that's not what it's all about. So, and we need, we need to hear that today too. Absolutely. Jay, as we are wrapping up today, I'm wondering if there's anything else you would like to add. We are definitely going to put all of your resources in the books we've mentioned and a couple more um, in the description of this podcast, but I'm just wondering, is there anything else you would like our single moms to hear today? You know, I, uh, the reason I got into this, I shared with you my background, but biblically, you know, from Isaiah 117, it says, seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the case of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. I mean, that's, that's the highest calling and the highest purpose I can give is to try to use my talents, my God-given talents in a way that is serving others. 
Um, I'm here to help. I know I'm not the only answer. Again, you have a community of, of grandfathers, uncles, brothers, you know, friends, people in the church that can help out. Please build a set of advisors uh, and people who can help out uh, with, with your sons. And, and all these things apply to women. They apply to, 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 to women and daughters as well. I mean, so uh, it's, it's all universal. The Venn diagram of men and women overlapping, we, we all need very similar advice. I'm just, with the urgency around men that I call, uh, with all the, the, the challenges that men are facing today, that's why I'm, I'm leaning into the, the men's side of it. But all of these, I get, that's the other most common question I get is, can, can, uh, do you have a program for women? It's all exactly the same. Sometimes I want to pull men off to the side and have a conversation. It's okay to be embarrassed. It's okay to be vulnerable. But, um, you know, this applies to all of us as well. So I'm here to help, but please, please get a set of people around you that can help you along your path. It's, it does take a virtual team to help to help us all get to the road and to be the best that we can be. Yes, I, I do love that advice. Mel, I'm thinking about you with your sons because you're still in the midst of raising them, but uh, you're raising two young men, and they're another great they're great men at this point. One's a little teenager, so yes, we have our moments. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, what is on your mind actually as we talk about this subject with Jay? I know your brains are going yeah. crazy over there. Honestly. I just can't help but think, especially, Jay, when you were telling us those stats, which I, I've heard before, and um, as we're talking through these things, I am thinking about right now I have a 13- and a 19-year-old that are in two different worlds, and, of course, we both, we all three know the 13-year-old is in his own world. Um, <laughs> I just think this is too much. You know, how are we supposed to... Um, how are we supposed to raise men? How are we supposed to prepare them for this world that is changing daily? And as I'm listening to all of this and getting overwhelmed and, and thinking like you, Pam, did I do enough? Did I do too much? Um, am I a good example? It's just too much. But I am reminded of one of my favorite verses in Colossians 1.17 that says, God is before all things and he holds all things together. And I had this moment with my son, Jax, when he was really little. I went to his bedroom, and it was destroyed. I, it looked like somebody robbed the room. And <laughs> I called him in there, and I said, hey, you have got to pick all of this up. And he raised his hands up, and he said, Mom, look at my little bitty hands. I am not big enough to fix this. And I could not help but laugh, and which I, I spouted off and said, well, you were big enough to Make do it. it. And he said, but look at my little bitty hands. And I we kind of laughed and I helped him. And I went down to my room and the Lord just, I will never forget this moment because the Lord just spoke that verse to me and said, that's the way I see you all of the time, Mel, mm -hmm. of going just, Lord, look at my little, little bitty, bitty hands. hands. I made this mess probably, uh, but I cannot do this on my own. So I just wanted to say that verse over our moms again today that maybe you're thinking about your sons or your daughter is about to marry somebody or you're considering somebody um, that Colossians 1.17 tells us that he's before all of the things. If you're going there, he's already there. And in him, all things are held together. And so it is too much 
this is too much for me, Pam, to yeah. answer your question, <laughs> no. uh, but it's not too much for the Lord. And we can be really great moms, but he is the creator and the father. And so I just needed, as we were talking through this, I needed that reminder of that verse. So I thought I should share that because look at my little bitty hands. I cannot do this, Jay. I'd love that. <laughs> this is too much. I just, the stories my 13-year-old is telling me mm-hmm. from school and I just, it's too much. Yes, I do understand that. It Sometimes it can be too much. So Jay, let me just say also, is there any, Mel's already asked, but let me just ask you one more time. Is there anything else you would like to say before I close here? Yeah, I'd love to, uh, like I said, I'd love to help anybody. If anybody wants to learn more, uh, they can uh, look at myvirtualdad.net. It's very easy to find. And jay at myvirtualdad.net is my email. I'm I'm so, uh, I, nothing energizes me more than, than engaging with folks and trying to help out in any way I can. Like you said, it's very complex. It's very overwhelming. None of us can do it alone. Um, we all need to help each other. And uh, that's why I appreciate what you guys do very much for, for you and your community that you've been building over the past 10 years. Thank you so much. And I appreciate that. Um, you know, moms, I am thinking today that, that you know, um, I've got so many things I'd like to say that you're probably thinking, but here's here's the way I want to end. I want to end this with some real strength from the Lord because that's that's the only place you're going to find what you need to finish raising these children, and you're, you're forever going to be raising them. But I, I'm reminded of Psalm 46. It says, God is our refuge. That That is a place that provides shelter, safety, and strength. And he says it's an everlasting, he's everlasting with you in your trouble. He said, therefore, we will not fear. We will not worry. Um, it goes on to say, though the waters roar and the foam and the waters quake, and I want to add to that scripture, though the divorce is final and the and you've just adopted a child and you don't know what to do or you've never married and what about all the questions your child has, whatever mountains are quaking in your heart right now, this verse says God is within her and she will not fall. I love that. You will not fall, that God will help you at daybreak. Um, cling to the Word of God as you consider all these things that have been said about your son. So you close today and you ask, can my son succeed without a father in the house? That's what you're asking. And, you know, the Bible is full of non-traditional family situations and structures. And I can't help but think just a few that come to mind um, highlights of strong single moms who raise godly sons in spite of the father's absence, Moses was brought up in Pharaoh's palace away from his parents. Um, I'm thinking of Daniel was kidnapped in his teen years and lived the rest of his life away in another country, away from his parents. That God can use any situation, including yours. Our advice to you today, all three of us would say, seek after him. Seek after him and he will lead the way. He's He is in charge of your child's development as you do your best to model well, seek the Lord, and just do what you can do. Take one day at a time. Lean into Arise Ministries. Lean into Jay's website. We have it there listed for you. And just take one day at a time and let God lead the way because I can tell you because my children are now grown and have children of their own that God is faithful to a single mother that seeks after him. So with that being said, moms, blessings to you. We wish you Godspeed today and to God be all the glory.